Hallelujah. Why don't you just continue to give the Lord a clap of praise and Hallelujah. Amen. He's the original life. He's the original sin. And he has visited us in this hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like us to turn to the scripture. have a lot to talk about today, so I hope that uh, time will be enough for us. I'm continuing with our subject, which we started uh, the past week. And uh, really, no one should, should have missed this. And those who have missed, please Make sure you send them the link and encourage them to uh, watch this sermon. Or listen to it from the podcast. So this evening, I'm speaking on the snares of a child of God, part two. And... Uh, but also in, at the same time, I'll be speaking on part four of these three things. Remember, during lockdown last year, we talked about that. How many remember? Okay, how many remember the three things? Number one, the pride of life. Amalala Goblam. The last of the eyes. Ama Okwegomba Kwamaso. Last of the flesh. Okwegomba Kwamaso. So now, so this will be like a part four to that sub, uh, subject we talked about. Katichina Chigenda Berange Kitundu Echokuna Kumutogu Gotrayogirako. But also it will be part two of the snares of a child of God. Nayera Techibere Ekitundu Echoku Vidi Kumitego. It's all one and the same subject. So we are reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 26. Shall we speak to the Lord for just a moment? Lord Jesus, we come before you reverently this evening. We ask that you will come and give us the bread of life today. Speak to us in a way that we can understand. Let your word have its way in our souls this evening. Inspire me, Lord and also my brothers and sisters as they listen in. And even those that shall watch or listen to this later. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 26. And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets. And her hands as bands, whoso pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner 
shall be taken by her. Era ndava ekigambe kisingo okufa okubalagala. Ye mukazi omutima gwe byambika ne bitimba. Ne mikono je jiri ngenjekere. Buli asanyusa katonda alimuona nayali ne chibi ebibi alitwalibwa ye. Amen. Kama ebaziwe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Kama ebaziwe. You may have your seats. Musobola kwetulirako. The snares of a child of God. Emitego and we saw that the Bible says, and I, 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 I'm, I'm requesting that you give me your undivided attention. And uh, uh, if the Lord speaks to you, say amen to the word. Am I speaking to someone this evening? And I find more bitter than death. So we found out that it is more bitter. A woman, rather, a woman whose heart is snares and nets is more bitter than death. And so we spoke about that woman in great detail last week. And we also went into the book of Revelation. And we were able to unfold about that woman, the mystery Babylon. She's called mystery Babylon. The mother of harlots and all the abominations of the earth. So we notice that this spiritual woman means the church, which is supposed to be the church uh, wife to Christ, Jesus Christ. But she actually rejected Jesus Christ's headship. And because she rejected the headship of Jesus Christ, she became a whore. Because then she had other men that she was looking up to. And so we found out that this is the Roman Catholic Church. Because she replaced the teachings of the true word of God for her own creeds and dogmas. And other doctrines that are not truly the word of God. Like the worship of Mary. Like believing in, you know, teaching penitence. Teaching purgatory. That somebody can die and then they can be prayed for and then their soul can be taken away from hell to a better place. The, the teaching on the Trinity and, and things like that. So we found out that this, the Bible calls it the wine of her fornication. And she's making all the kings of the world and the peoples of the world, both great and small, to partake of that wine of her fornication. Yes, but thank God that there are people that God called out 
In every generation, he has been calling them out to come out of her. And in this generation, we are one of those that have come out of that, of that woman. And then we found that this woman uh, is a mother. And she has daughters. And his daughters are fashioned. And these daughters are having, um, uh, these daughters are also having the same characteristics of their mother. And uh, by, by, but you see, some of us were in, 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 the, in, in, in those, in, among those daughters also. You know, what are the daughters of this woman? The daughters of this woman are the denominations that came out of the major uh, denomination, which is the Roman Catholic Church. And whenever they come out of the Roman Catholic Church, they also form denominations. Their own denominations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you following me? And this, Brother Branham says that whenever they denominated, they die. And whenever they die, God leaves them. Whenever they die, the revival moves on and for them they continue with their dead systems. And for them they continue with their dead religion. They remain with a form of God but having no uh, they, but having no holiness but rejecting the life and the life is in the word is somebody following me this evening the life is in the word but they have rejected the word and by rejecting the word they have rejected the life but God in every generation he has his own children that can never reject the word Regardless of what the devil does, they can never reject the word. Am I preaching to somebody this evening? Praise the name of the Lord. We have come out of the dead systems. The dead systems of man. We have been set free out of the dead systems of man. And now, that's not all. And now we saw that this woman types the church. This woman types the church. Hallelujah. Amen. And I wanted to listen to what the prophet of God says here. And this is the quote we read also last time. There is three things that I've watched in my life, he says. In the reading of other ministers. Reading, I think it means reading. When God blesses a minister, 
just a little bit katunda bwabako mukisyo mutono tono gwawo muweleza above maybe somebody else obolya unasinga kumulala or give him an opportunity to do a little more work for him obana mu mukisa akore kumulimo okusinga kubalala or something the first thing that Satan goes to working with that minister is three is three things. Three major things. The first thing is money. The second thing is women. And then popularity. And he says that a um like a first like he did in the garden of Eden. So now when the true church of the living God left this confusion of denominationalism, the devil, you know, did not fail to continue desiring to trap this true church. The devil at first wanted to trap us by the spirit of this woman by denominational spirit religious spirit and we found out that for you to lay a snare for you to lay a snare you have to lay it in the usual path of your target and and uh, when you lay that trap, then your target will fall into that trap. And then that's when you can be able to catch it. But we notice that a snare is not a snare if you do not lay it in the path. And the devil desired to lay a snare for the children of God in their usual path. People think that the devil is in bars. People think that the devil is in uh, uh, in shrines. Witchcraft shrines. People think that the devil is in disco uh, places. Or in those such places. People think that the devil is in bad places only. But I want to tell you, and as I told you last time, that actually the devil that is in those places does not pose an, a, a problem or difficulty to a true child of God. The devil in the bar does not, does not pose a threat to me. The devil in, the, in a discotheque does not cause a snare to me. The devil among those people who take alcohol, the drunkards and the smokers, and the weed smokers does not cause a threat to me. He is working in them that are lost. Which the Bible calls the children of disobedience. But the true children of God are already out of those things. 
Amen. And there are some, some which are remaining there. And the moment the last one comes into the body of Christ, then the rapture will happen. And that is what we are waiting for. While the bride is also maturing. But now, where is the snare? The snare, for, uh, the snare of a child of God is in a place that a child of God is expected to be. And what place is that? That place is in the churches. That place is, the, is in worship. Because the devil knows that the children of God desire to worship. They desire to praise God. They desire to live for God. And so the devil has decided to lay a snare in that very path. And that is why Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why yes, you right find you. that it is in the religious order. It is in the religious system that the devil is desiring to walk through to bring deception. People can still go to church and they do things that are not agreeable with the word of God but because their religious order and system is, is agreeing with it the people become comfortable and they think they are okay with God and I want to tell you church this is the place where the devil will lay a stair for you the moment you know the truth is the moment the devil begins to lay snares. Don't come in the church and be comfortable and begin to think that everything is okay. No, it's not okay. You are in a very vulnerable place. This is where the devil is targeting you. This is where the devil is going to lay a snare for you. You find very many people in church, but back as lead. You find very many people in Christ, so but when they have already been trapped by the snare of this woman, the devil will let you be in prayer. The devil will let you come to church. He will let you pay your tithes. He will let you do all that. But then he will lay a snare for you in a way you never expected. And that's the reason why I'm speaking about the snares of a child of God. And I want you to open your mind. Amen. Your mind is your heart. So while I'm, I'm not just coming here to just speak a few things I have read. You know, if you notice whether I'm preaching to two people, a thousand or two hundred or four hundred, I don't care, I preach the same. Why? Because the word of God is intended to come to you. 
And so don't just come and begin to listen and say, well, I'm in a Wednesday evening service. You are not in a Wednesday evening service. You are in a very, very important moment in your life right now. Where you can discover where the devil has been trying to throw punches on you. And you can begin to overcome him. Even before you leave the service this evening. And the prophet said that there are three things. As a matter of fact, he said that these three things come to ministers. And who are ministers? We are ministers. A minister is a servant of God. And you remember on the subject that I spoke about being a servant. And I told you we are all servants of God. The ones who have left the world. The ones who are in, the, in Christ. The ones who are serving the Lord. Those are the ones. That the devil is intending to lay a snare for. And which snares will he use? Three. The first is money. The second is women. The third is popularity. And if we find very many examples as we shall see today, they all overcame by faith. And I wanted to look with me or turn with me to Genesis 3 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and are you there? Everybody there? Genesis 3 6. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, last of the flesh. Mm. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that is lust for of the flesh. And that it was pleasant to the eyes, that is lust of the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise, that's pride of life. She took of the fruit. And she ate. And she gave also to her husband. And she did eat. These are the three things. That the devil came with. To attack the first children of God in the Garden of Eden. And these are the three things we are contending against. We are going to contend against them until the coming of the Lord. But many will be defeated. Many will backslide. Many will fall. But I tell you what. Amen. There are those who are predestinated not to fall. Amen. The Bible, Brother Branham said, Amen. Amen. that she 
will not fall. The second Eve will not fall. The first Eve fell. The second Eve cannot. Why? Because she is predestinated not to fall. Why? Because there is a stronger blood now. The blood of Jesus Christ. Our Redeemer. Our Savior. He has redeemed us from our sins. Amen. From the snares of the devil. But these snares still remain. And they still remain as a threat. Even to the children of God. And that's why I want us to know them. The last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life. Which the prophet calls men and women and popularity and And when Jesus came, Hallelujah. Amen. Oh my church, are you here? And when Jesus came, what happened? He was also tempted by the same thing. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And brother, we have to read a little bit fast now. Amen. Because I said I have a lot to cover. Hallelujah. And I did not want to spread it to the next service. Because the next service I have something else to talk about. Hallelujah. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being for the days tempted of the devil. And in those days, the devil was really laying snares. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Marvin, where are we? And, the, and in those days he did eat nothing, but when they the end, but when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the prophet said, if God puts a fast on you, you will not be hungry. And he said, Do not fast until God lays a fast on you. And when he puts a fast on you, you don't be hungry. And when you pray and pray and fast and pray and fast, and if you, you, the hunger comes back, you realize many times that your prayer has been answered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it may be made bread. And here was Jesus. He had been in prayer for 40 days and nights. And here the devil comes to him and throws the first snare. What was this snare? The last of the flesh. Command this stone that it be made bread. The last of the flesh. And Jesus answered him saying it is written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. And the devil taking him up into an high mountain showed him and uh, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And 
And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee. And the glory of them. All this power will I give thee. And the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore no, wilt worship me, bononsinza. all shall be thine. The cars, the houses, the, 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 the everything you see, the beautiful women, the, 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 whatever you want, that everything, all the things of the world, all the things of the world, I'll give it to you. Whatever your eyes see. All that beautiful dress. All that beautiful car. All that land somewhere there. Oh, this and that. What is that? The last of the eye. My, 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 my. He was tempted, wasn't he? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, if thou be the son of God cast thyself down from thence for it is written he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou shalt dust thy foot against a stone what is that? The devil was telling Jesus to come from the pinnacle to fall down. And he promised him he will not fall. He promised him that he will fly. The devil was literally telling Jesus go down and fly. Fly above all this. Book building. You will be above everybody else. You will be a boss. You will be great. You will, you will, you will go down, but you will not fall. What is that? The pride of life. The devil was promising Jesus. Amen. That he should take a little bit of the pride of life. And then. He will be preserved. And Jesus answered unto him. And he said. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation. He departed from him. For a season. What do we see here? Jesus. Yes. In every one of these snares. He overcame by one thing. And that was the spoken word. He overcame by the word. 
And the devil fears nothing but the word. Amen. Amen. Let us bind ourselves. So rich in the word. Our life will be the word. Even even when you go in a bar. Your life will be so full of the word. Everyone will fear you. All the bears will run away. All the snares will run away. All the prostitutes will run away. The spirits of fornication will run away. The will run away. All these demons, all these snares, traps, they cannot catch you anymore.
But the true servants of God are not moved by money. That's why even when we as believers of this end time message we never preach for money. Even when we go to preach on the street even when we preach not to get money when they bring it we refuse it. Not because we don't want it. Not because we are not we are better spiritual. But because we realize we have a mandate Amen, to bring your souls close to Jesus. And money is a secondary thing in here. It's a secondary thing. The, the main thing is your soul. Whether you bring your money or not, that's not what God wants. A man called Simon the Sosa he, 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 he brought money to the servants of God and they told him you have sought to buy the true gift of God with money they perish with your money and the man repented and unless the preachers of today repent they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what we desire. Every child of God, every believer, is a workplace. It's not money that moves you. It is the word that moves you. Am I preaching to somebody here? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Honestly, at this moment, I don't care if I hurt your feelings. Because I'm preaching the word. Now, this is nothing against rich people, but I'm saying. People, uh, because God can save a rich man. Right? God can save a rich man. Some of God's children are rich. But money can be such a snare. The snares of a child of God. But money can be such a snare. Tell somebody money can be such a snare. Money can be such a snare. Not only to those who have it, but to those who don't have it. So don't think that money will be a snare only to the rich. Money can be a snare to you because you have a lot of it. But also it can be a snare to you because you are so poor that you have nothing. That's why you should not be any of them. Don't be a rich man whose heart is on his money. Don't be a poor man who is saying I'm satisfied with Jesus. And you can't work. And you can't labor. And you become a beggar. Money can be such a snare. Not only to those who have it, but to those also who don't have it. Way back in 
back in the first age James cried out to those who were putting stock in wealthy people have not the faith of our Lord Jesus uh, of Jesus Christ with respect to persons Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. The poor there were trying to butter up the rich in order to get help. That's why even today they give them special suits in the church. They call them all sorts of names to make them feel good and honored. When someone is rich, he's respected in the church. But when he's poor, no one even calls his name. But when he's rich, hey, our precious, marvelous brother, the saint of God, they try to batter up the rich so that they can get they can get help rather than trusting in God that's why I even told you in our church land we are going to trust God amen how many are trusting God in your life Trust God in your business. Trust God. The Bible says, cast be here. Cast be the man that trusts in a man. Don't do it, says James. Don't do it. Money isn't everything. Money is not the answer. Oh my, I might preach it to someone. Come on, church. And today is not the answer either. Amen. Money is not the answer. Tell your neighbor, money is not the answer. We have more wealth in our generation that we have than we have ever had. Yet less is being accomplished spiritually. It is not with money that God works. He moves by his spirit. And that, that moving of the spirit comes only to a life consecrated to the word. Hallelujah. Amina. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. If you want money, if you want money, receive the moving of the spirit in your life. And if you want the moving of the spirit in your life, consecrate your life to the word of God. Amen. Amen. 
Read the word every day. Read the word. Come to church every service. Don't miss a service. Be on fire for God. And then watch the moving of the spirit in your life. And then money will be there anyhow. Amen. We are not preaching the gospel of poverty. That only the, the, the poor will go to heaven. That's not the word. We're not saying that if you are blessed, you are if you are you are rich, you are blessed either. I'll read for you a verse. In Luke 16, 9. And I say unto you. Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. That when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Did you listen to that? The amplified version says it this way. And I tell you, learn from this. Make friends for yourself. For eternity. Make a friends. For eternity. Make eternal friends. By means. Of unrighteousness. That is. Use material resources. As a way to further the work of God. So that when it runs out, they, the friends you made, yes, they, the friends you made, they will. Welcome. They, in this case, it means the friends. Amen. They will welcome you into eternal dwellings. If you understand that, say amen. All right. If you don't understand that, say amen. Amen. All right. So now I'll explain a little more. In these verses here in Luke chapter 16, when you go home, try to read from verse 1. The Bible explains, actually, it was Jesus speaking. And he said that there was a rich man who had a, a, a servant, a manager of his wealth. And so this manager of, of, the, of this rich man is wealth was not a good man. He was not a good man. And so he was told that your manager, the man who is managing your wealth is playing around. And, 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 and so the man, the rich man called the manager. And, the, and when the, 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 the manager knew that they are going, he might actually be uh, uh, you know, laid off from the work, he devised a plan. 
the plan he devised was he began, he called all the debtors of his master. Hey. And so when they, those people came, since this was the manager, he would make decisions on behalf of the rich man. And so he begins to talk to one by one. He says, you, what does my master demand you? How much is your debt? And so this one would say, my debt is a hundred bags of wheat. You say, okay, hear me. Pick a pen and paper. Write. It's no longer 100, it's 50. Oh, this man would go happy. Then another one would come. You, how, many, how much is your debt? Uh, it is uh, 100 bags of, uh, of, of oil. Of bottles of oil. Okay, write 80. One, more, one by one by one. So this man forgave some of these people their debt. And his plan was if he goes to his master and he's just away from the job. These people that he has made friends by forgiving their debt will take him in. He was a wise man. But he said that is the wisdom of the world. And he said the children of the world are wise, wiser than us. Because for them they are cunning. And they know how to run monies and this and that and to make money and that. But then he says, but to us and to you, the believers, here is my advice also for you. Make yourselves friends. Like this man, he made himself friends with some of the debtors of his master. Also for you, brothers and sisters, make yourself friends. Hallelujah. Amen. How are you going to make friends? In this case, this man made friends in this world. And he used his master's money to make a friend. What about the believers? Also make yourselves friends. But in this case, make eternal friends. Friends are going to receive you in eternity. How are you going to do that? The Bible says, how are you going to do that? Bible, By using the unrighteous money. What? How is that even possible? Use your money. To do the work of God. So that when it is over. Even if you become poor again. When you die. 
the friends you made will receive you in everlasting habitation. Can you imagine? That's in the Bible say Bible that he that, that gives to a widow or a poor lends to God. And can you lend to God and it doesn't pay you back? Do you think that whatever you give to the Lord you have no eternal reward? Did you think that God rewards you with money here God rewards you with eternity. Amen. And therefore, whatever you do with your money in a way or two can lead you into eternity. Don't contend with me, contend with your Bible. Doesn't the Bible say there are even those that found out that they had friends in eternity and didn't even know. They said to the master, when were you in the hospital and we visited you? When did you have, when were you naked and we dressed you? When did these things happen? And then the master looked on at some other people. Then this man realizes this is the man he bought a, a, a suit for. This is a woman I bought a dress for. Oh, we are friends. Ah, and then the master said, What you did for him, you did for me. Come in into eternity. <laughs> So children of God, whatever we do for the sake of the work of God, with your money, hallelujah, Amen. you have an eternal reward. Amen. Whatever money you give for building the church, whatever money you give, amen, for printing the books, whatever money you give for the work of God, for helping the poor somewhere, you are purchasing yourself an eternal reward you are lending to Jesus Christ but all the other investments that you make in this world will pass away but the investment when you give to the work of God hallelujah Amen. it can never pass away my 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 pastor what is it today I'm preaching to you the word. Praise the name of the Lord. And then verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If that you brothers and sisters if you have not been faithful 
If you have not paid your tithe in full, if you have not given to the work of God, if you have not helped the poor, if you have not used your money to serve the Lord, if you have been unfaithful in the, the unrighteous now I have a question for you. Who will commit to you trust? You will commit to your trust the true riches. What are the true riches? Eternity. The rapture. If we are unfaithful in money, just money, how what even makes you think that you will go in the rapture? Someone was asking about the banner. Will I go through the rapture if I don't pay my tithe? What even makes you think that you will go in the rapture? If you are not even a faithful man, a woman, a woman, in the unrighteous mammon, who can now give to you the true riches? My friends, I am talking about the, the, the snares of a child of God. And money is one of them. And money is not a snare like we have read to the rich only. As we have seen, the rich, it can be a snare to you. That when you have it, you decide to use it for something else and not for the work of God. You decide to send it to your mother in the village. When they are very busy collecting money for the church land. And you, you are very busy sending for funerals. And here you say, Pastor, you know, who will trust you in your care with your true riches? No one. In actual, Jesus is asking who? That he is taking me to the rapture. Who is taking me? You are when you are rich, but you refused to use your unrighteous riches. Oh my God. Your unrighteous mammon. You refuse to use it. To invest in my kingdom. So who will take you? And then you say, ah, me who is poor. Oh, Praise the Lord. Ah, hallelujah. No! To you who are poor, you are even in a worse state. Because you are going to be a beggar. This man here in Luke 16 he said, I cannot be a beggar. It is a shame. 
I will not beg. And therefore, he decided to use his father, his master's mammon, to make friends who were And the Bible says, you who are believers, make yourself friends using the unrighteous mammon. Use your money to serve the Lord. Who knows? Not everybody who will be in eternity will actually be the bride. Mm-hmm. Some will get eternal life. Having not been a part of the bride. Make no mistake. The bride doesn't go in the rapture because they gave money. And the one who will get eternal life, they will not go having previously given, thinking I'm giving to get eternal life. But they did not know. They thought in their heart they were just serving the Lord. Or helping somebody. And then they missed the rapture maybe. But somehow, they their friends told them come in come in why they had met them friends and they were eternal friends Eternal friends. Now you know how to make eternal friends. Go and make them. These ones who are beggars. They are beggars. They have nothing. There's another parable Jesus gave. He said the ones who had nothing or little. Even what they had. Was taken away from them. And I told them, you are unfaithful servants. Go in the darkness. So friends, stewardship. Money is a big subject. We can talk about it for days. But allow me to stop it there for now. But friends, we should not allow money to be a snare to us. When you get money, amen, use it to serve the Lord. Amen, use it for the right reason. Knowing you are going to be accountable one day before the Lord. Take care of your needs. Take care of your family. And then serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then number two. Women. That's snare number two. Women. Last of the flesh. But Did you know that people all through history that give towards the work of God. That people that give towards the work of they God. They actually become richer and richer. Mm. 
and the ones who are complaining are the ones actually who don't give. The day you will get one million is the day you will not even come to church. And you expect God to prosper you. One day, if you want, you will let me know and we will talk more about that. Women, last of the flesh, once you are overtaken in sexual sin, we are talking about women, but it's not only women. We are talking about the last of the flesh. You know, this is another snare. We're talking about men and women. We're talking about sexual sin here. We're talking about uh, anything that will attract your flesh. It might not even be sexual. But here I will deal mainly with the sexual sin. Once you are overtaken in sexual sin, the devil literally steals your favor with the Lord. The joy of your, of your salvation lives immediately. Your strength to pray and the desire for the word lives immediately. Remember Samson was overtaken in sexual sin. And his desire for God, his strength left him. David, the joy of salvation left him. And in Psalms 51:10, Christ to the Lord. He cries to the Lord. And he said, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast not me out, cast not away. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And before he said these words, he said this, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Sexual sin is a very bad sin. You will always have that sense of guilt. When you come before the Lord in prayer, it comes before you. You can't pray. When you are worshiping, you are not even in the spirit. Because of sexual sin. Last of the flesh. Against thee, the man says, thee only have I sinned. And done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest. I won't know. And that that you may be justified when you speak to me. And be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. So in other words, I'm now spitting out the truth to you. Just telling everything I've done. The last of the flesh 
will ensnare you and if you find you ever find yourself in such a trap the only way out of it is confession if you are married you must confess to your wife you must confess to your husband if you are not married you must confess to the church you must confess that's the only way to come out of a snare. Because it will always haunt you and haunt you and haunt you. This man was haunted until he confessed all his sins the three Hebrew children retained their strength. They retained their faith and zeal because they did not eat from the king's table. They overcame the last of the flesh and then they had their strength. They had their faith. They had their zeal for the Lord. But you find that it's not zeal in the young people. Not zeal for a no zeal for prayer. No fire in the church. There is a problem. We need to overcome the last of the flesh. Because this is the spirit that ensnares you and entrumps you and binds you whereby your joy of salvation goes. When they sing, you can't sing anything. When they pray, you just close over. You can no longer pray one, two words. You can no longer pray even for 30 minutes. You feel dry in your spirit. Why? Because you are being ensnared by the spirit of the last of the flesh. And I tell you, children of God, you can overcome this spirit. You can overcome it by confessing confessing confess your sins to the Lord confess to your husband confess to your wife confess to your brother your sister and be in prayer and then watch the fire of God coming down in the church if you see people saying that they are spiritual they just sit as officers in the church no fire of God Why? because they are already ensnared and they are trapped and they are bound we should not allow such a spirit to take over in our homes in our families in our lives in the church come on church we should not allow such a spirit we should stand and, stand and live above it no to lust of the flesh Joseph found favor with God because he didn't give in to Potiphar's wife. Can you imagine if you are entrapped by the last of the flesh? You even can never find favor with God. You can never find favor with God. Favor will fly away. You pray prayers are not answered. Others are blessed to remain the same. Why? Why don't you have favor with God? Why don't you 
Because you are entrapped by the lash of the flesh. But Joseph found favor with God. Because when the lash of the flesh ensnared, he ran away from it. He fleed from it. And young people, the Bible says, flee from fornication. You have to flee. Don't come around it. That is something once you are in it. You will always feel condemnation. You cannot be liberated to worship the Lord even. David was a man of God's own heart. But this man was ensnared. When he fell into the sin of adultery, he could not even understand what the servant of God was saying. He could no longer understand this the speech of the spirit. And he was very busy trying to make himself spiritual. And he said, Who is he that has done it? Tell me and I will kill him. Said you are the one okay. But the Bram says, David was a prophet. A prophet. Do you know what it means? It means he could see the future. And he could understand the voice of the Spirit. But when the prophet spoke, this man was so ensnared that he understood nothing. Oh. That's why sometimes you can preach so hard and the people don't get it. Things just pass over there. They just hear words, but they don't feel the anointing. They just hear words, but they don't get into the service. But they just have a, a very diplomatic service. They, they just sit there and observe. Because they are, most of them are ensnared. The true church of God must be a dynamic church. Amen. Uh, With the people rising to their feet, enthused by the word, saying amen, shouting hallelujah, clapping their hands when the word is going forth. Because they have the joy of their salvation. When the word goes forth, it moves their heart. There is nothing between them and the Savior. That is what it is supposed to be, church. That's what it is supposed to be. And Joseph forced favor with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I was raised in a very spiritual family. My father was a preacher all my young life. But for my, for my first time in my whole life, at around 10 years, I saw something I had never seen before. My father dozing on family altar. Literally dozing. 
being forced to come on the family altar. And when he comes, he couldn't read the Bible the way he used to. He couldn't even pray the way he used to. But he was saying, I now work too much. I, I get so tired. But the problem was, he was already ensnared by this. Let us learn from our past. Let us overcome these demons. Let us overcome these snares. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll take the last one and finish. I said I'll take the last one. I'm not reading Evangeli, my brother. The pride of life. And in the message, the unwelcomed Christ. Brother Barnum says something very oh. important here. All the people, as the Easterners do, usually, maybe I'll begin reading from, um, from a little bit down here. Well, hundreds are standing around. Uh, here was a big Pharisee talking to Dr. Jones. And poor Jesus was sitting over there with that face. An anointed face. Not a face you know, in, in, in the east, they would anoint your face with oil. They would, anoint, they would wash your feet and anoint your feet. Anoint your head. But Jesus' face was unanointed. His feet was dirty. His lips were unkissed. Oh, what a sight. Think of it. Jesus with that feet. Jesus. Yes. With that feet. Oh, it does something to me. Now, friends, I'm reading this quote, taking this last bit of the pride of life. Jesus was lying there with under with 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 unwashed feet. Yes, we are here on What does that symbolize? What is it to do with popularity or the pride of life? Jesus was poor. Them were rich men. So they put Jesus in a corner. Says, who could be seen? Washing his feet. That big Pharisee asked my Lord to come and let him sit over there with that dung on his feet. He wouldn't give him any oil. Let him sit there stinking. Unattended. And refreshed. And refreshed. And welcome. 
and all of them looking on. This is how the churches are in our time. They just look on. Tears in the church these days is a miracle. You see someone shedding tears. It is a miracle. When was the last time you shed tears in the church? If you can't remember, you are in the condition of this Pharisee. I'm sorry, I'm behaving like an evangelist. Tonight. If you, are, you have not washed Jesus' feet with your tears, you are acting like the Pharisees. If you have not anointed him with oil, how do you do that? By getting into the Holy Ghost. By allowing yourself to be swayed away by the power of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? It is the oil. We even sing those songs. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Where is the oil in the church? There is no oil. There is no water to wash Jesus' feet. The Pharisees were just looking on. And Jesus is in the corner with that feet and refreshed and attended and welcomed and all of them looking on. Looking on. Oh, look at him. Oh, poor preacher. Is he preaching until he cries? Even mucus comes out of his mouth. Oh, poor preacher. Let him preach on. This is how they treated Jesus. Oh, church. Oh, church. It is supposed to be a place where we come to wash Jesus with our tears. If there is no tears, there is no conviction. It is just religion. Jesus' feet is dirty. It needs to be washed. But what is happening with people? They are proud. Who will cry and embarrass himself? Who will get into the anointing and shout? Even when you feel the Holy Ghost is telling you, Amen, jump up and shout. Who does that? When someone does it. Yeah. What is wrong with this person? I can't understand him. I can't understand this person. There's a problem. Can it even be the Holy Ghost? You are the one with a problem. Can't you see? What is, why, did the, why did the people hate Pentecostals when they first started out? Because they were washing Jesus' feet with the tears and they were speaking in tongues and interpreting it and rolling on the floor and shouting and jumping and leaping dancing in the Holy Ghost. And the people hated that. Thing. 
They said we cannot we cannot identify with ourselves. Okay. We cannot make fools out of us. We are educated. We are sober people. We know what we are talking about. So how can we stoop so low? Oh God, have mercy on this sinful world. I'm still quoting here. It says, what a horrible curse pride is. Oh God, have mercy. What a curse. A horrible curse. Pride oh, you are too good. Sure, we go to church that knows better than that. We don't believe in divine healing. We have nothing to do with those kind of things. Pharisee. Jesus is in your town. Amen. Jesus is in your church. Amen. Amen. And he says, entertain him. Entertain him. Love him. Embrace him. Love him. When Jesus shows up, don't just stay at him. Embrace him. Love him. Kiss him. Hallelujah. Amen. They will call you crazy for sure. They will call you crazy. They better call me crazy. Amen. They better call me a fanatic. Than, than being in a horrible curse. That's what it means to be Pentecostal. And Barabanam says we are Pentecostal by experience. Not by religion. So he's not against Pentecostalism. We are Pentecostals. Who embrace Jesus. Who entertain Jesus. Who love Jesus. Who wash Jesus' feet. Who anoint Jesus with oil. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'll finish with two scriptures here. Rather one, but in two parts of it. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 16. I want to show you an example of what I'm speaking about. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window. The prophet said they are just looking on. The Pharisees are just looking on. When Jesus is in the house. Now we are seeing someone here, a Pharisee. By character. Who is just looking on. Through a window. What did he see? Ask your neighbor, what did he see? And he saw King David. Doing what? Leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in his heart. 
She saw King David. Leaping. And dancing. Everybody say it. Leaping and dancing. And dancing. No kuzina. Not that he was just looking. Bring the ark of the Lord. I am the king. As a matter of fact, give me a chair. So I can sit down and watch that special Sing, sister. When you're done singing, we shall clap. That is a Pharisee spirit. In, in this church, it should stop immediately. Don't look on. What should you do? Leap and dance. And I think even if you are going to come and sing for us to the bar, you don't come and sing. Sure. Yeah. We want people who are coming to sing specials that are getting us into the spirit of worship that are getting us into the anointing that are making us realize a living God that are getting us into the right atmosphere songs of victory I think there are some songs we need to stop singing how to change there is one I was talking about with you brother Martin what The, the, no, no, not rock of age. Rock of age is good, but there's a stance of it. What does it say? When my eyes shall close in death. Can you listen to yourself? Where would Can you listen to yourself? When this is a Are you going to die? Okay, in Dakufa. Oh, you're going in the rapture. So can't you see that? The brother or sister who was inspired to write that song was under another age. Yes, that was a, that was an, a different anointing. As a matter of fact, Weasley was under the uh, the, 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 the face of a man. The anointing of man. The knowledge of man. To know the mysteries of the world. They were not thinking about the rapture. To know and after I have known and then I will be known of him and I will die and sleep and wait. But for us we are in another age. We are in the rapture age. So some of these songs, that's why we change some of the, of the stanzas. How fly away, oh glory, how fly away. When I die, when, when you die, when I die, I'm no longer living in that age. That's talking about death. We are in another age. That is talking about the rapture. The coming of the Lord. That's why we change that. And say, I will not die. Hallelujah. By and by. That's the reason why some of these songs we sing without revelation, we should stop singing them. If a song that comes on the pulpit, think about the song we are going to sing. Let's not just sing. Let us not. 
Let, let, let things not continue the way it has been. Let us get into the real anointing of the time we are living in, of the coming of the Lord, of the rapture, of the change of our bodies, of the translation of the saints. This is the time where we are living in. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when someone comes to sing a song, or when someone is singing a song, don't just look on. Get into the worship. Get into the praise. You see, Mikal was just looking on. And David was not looking on. Do you know what they were doing? What was even dancing to? There was no music. They were just bringing the ark of the Lord. What is the ark of the Lord? It is the word. It is the Holy Ghost. It's the something I'm doing right now. So the word literally sent David into praise and worship. Simply because of the word, the man started leaping. Hallelujah. And dancing at the same time. He did not only leap. It was not a, a, something which was like an orchestra. No. He was leaping and dancing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What was going on? The man was, amen. Well, he had taken out down his pride. And he said, I better be called a holy roller for Jesus. I better be called a fanatic for Jesus. I better be called a fool. But for my God, I will leap and die. Hallelujah. Amen. That's because of the word going on. Why would people still dance those as if they are in the in the, the traditional churches? We have come out of them. We have come out of When we come to church, we should enjoy church. Not the way the other denominations are enjoying. We should enjoy it by loving Jesus. Entertaining Jesus. Embracing Jesus. How do you do that? By dancing. By worship. By saying amen. Why do you do these things? It's all offering of praise to him. And the man leaped and danced. And it offended someone who was not in the spirit. He despised him. How dare he? A king. It's a disgrace. How could he dance that way? Verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And, my, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came Michael out to David. And he said, 
How glorious was the king of Israel today? Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servant as one of the vain fellows of shamelessly uncovered himself. You hear what she said. And David said, And Micah, it was before the Lord. Don't joke about it. Don't do that. It was before the Lord. Which chose me before by thy father. And before all his house. To appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord. Over Israel. Therefore. I will play before the Lord. Amen. I will play. I will bury the baby before the Lord. I will dance. I will shout. I will live. Don't tell me. I will play before my Lord. Because I know what he has done for me. I don't care what you think. I don't care what they think. I don't care about my status. He is my Lord. And I will play before him. And I will yet be more vile than that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I will even be more vile than that. What you have seen is just the beginning. I will not only jump. I will not only leap. But I will roll if I have to. I will shout if I have to. I will do what I have to do to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Who has picked me and had favor on me and chose me and gave me salvation over the others. Who are you to tell me not to? It's just the beginning. I will be uh, and will be best in my own sight. <laughs> and of the maid servants <laughs> which thou hast spoken of. And of them shall I be shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Mikal, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. So be careful. If you can't say nothing about somebody who has. If you can't praise the Lord, shut up. Don't say anything about somebody who has praised the Lord. If you can't shout, and your voice is so heavy, if somebody else shouts, please, my brother, hold your peace. And I know even in the message, there are those who are saying, brother, for them that just eating the body of the son of man. You don't need to shout like this Pentecostal baby. Actually, young in the message. They don't know what this message is. This, oh, church, may you see this. Tonight. This message is much more than just knowledge. 
This man is an experience. It's a living God. Entering into that atmosphere. And letting miracles happen. Letting signs and wonders happen. Losing yourself. To worship him. Not because you have been pumped up. Pumped up. And music is playing. No. But because it's from your heart. With or without music. With one keyboard. Or with a whole myriad of instruments. You just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Then you will know. You have run out. Of the snare of the pride of life. The pride of life will not allow you to do that. See, if I was not educated like this, I could do like how he's doing. If I did not know better. God and shouting. And then I just do my yeah. myself like that. Yeah, sure you get what are you talking about? Have we just started seeing pride of life? Pride, pride, pride. And before you forget, let me remind you. The prophet of God has said, what a horrible curse pride is. So you are under a curse and you don't even know. No wonder the Bible says in the end time, there are will be blind and they will not know. They will be poor and they will say they are rich. They will, they will have a form of godliness. But denying the power. God help us. God help us. My desire is for us not to be like anybody else. Is for us to be like the word. In this church to be like Christ. So that he can be pleased to come in our tent. When we wash his feet. When we, we, when we anoint him, his but head to, with oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do you do that? By worshiping him. By losing yourself. Let us turn on our feet. Hallelujah. Jesus.
worship him for a little bit. Shine on me. Think what about what he has done for you tonight. Shine on me. Think about the word. Let the light from the light When you are tired in your body, he knows it. And he can give you strength. He is your strength when you are weak. Even when you are needy, he knows it. He is a provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Oh, glory to your name, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We magnify your name, Lord. Forgive us when we have left you in the corner. Forgive us, Lord. We have left you with that faith. Anointed and anointed hate. Forgive us for not washing your feet. Forgive us for our pride. We repent of our pride. We repent of our pride. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us, Lord. Cleanse us, Lord. Make us acceptable before you. Make us acceptable before you, Lord. Help us to please you, Lord. 